I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Has God gifted you in multiple ways that you want to use to impact people? Well, if your answer is yes, you are going to be blessed by this week's interview. I'm honored to have with me Sue Moore Donaldson, who is a multi-talented author. Not only does she blog and host a podcast, but she also leads Bible studies and is a well-sought-after speaker at retreats. So if you can envision yourself not only writing that book, but also speaking and challenging people to grow in their relationship with God, I just know this interview is going to inspire you to get moving in the direction of your dreams. And be sure to check out the show notes for this week's episode too, because Sue and I had such a great conversation about how We could take this scary thing of writing a book and breaking it down into little manageable steps. And Sue is such a sweetheart that she included her best advice for how to get started writing your book, even if you'd rather not. So be sure to not only check out this interview, but check out Sue's advice in the show notes. It's sure to bless you. Sue, welcome to Publishing Secrets. I'm excited about this interview. It's one that I have been looking forward to since you threw your name in the hat to be a part of our blog contest, which we'll talk about a little bit later today. But before we do that, I want our listening audience to get more acquainted with you. So I'd love for you to start by telling us who you are and what you do. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a delight already in chatting with you before we started recording. So thank you, Tam. And I hope that I, my experience and age and whatever I've been doing the last 68 years will be of help and encouragement and inspiration to your audience, which I'm sure most of them are younger than that. So that's terrific. My name is Sue Donaldson. On Facebook, I'm Sue Moore Donaldson. I had a late start as far as starting a family. I didn't get married till I was 35 and had a great career before then. And so I was a high school teacher and I wanted my students to be able to find me. So I keep my main name in some spots, Sue Moore Donaldson. And God blessed me with a great husband. Finally, he's younger, but you know, sometimes you just have to get what the one who asked you, you know. uh, (laughs) That's good. (laughs) He's from Iowa. I'm from California, but he came out to uh, California and uh, started rooming with the guy I was dating, but that's a whole nother podcast. So I ended up marrying. Wow, that sounds like a one. story. <laughs> I know my kids are always saying, mom, tell the story. I go, oh, I have to tell the story again. But anyway, <laughs> it's a miracle. And I have three daughters, 32, 29, and 25. No grandchildren yet. I started teaching women's Bible study when I first got married. 
And that was scarier than teaching Shakespeare because you're handling the word of God. So I had a, a dear friend who ended up being my mentor and has been for the last 30 years who loved to do research, but she didn't like to speak. And I love to speak, but I needed some confidence in my research. And so I still call her and say, should I do this? She goes, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but as long as you're investing in people in the word, I'm sure it's a yes. So it's, she's just a great wise person. So that's mm-hmm. one bit of advice. Make sure you have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And so I started by teaching women's Bible study. And then I was asked to start speaking at women's retreats. This was before the third baby. And I was scared to death. But the more you do it, just like in writing, the more confidence, it becomes more practiced, not in a way that is false, or that's no longer authentic. But so that you can, when I teach on hospitality, this is a point I use, is if you are confident in serving other people in your home, and a lot of people I speak to are not, they're afraid for 17 different reasons. I talk about those reasons. But when you are confident, then guess what, Tam, you can concentrate on your guest. But if you are scared, you're thinking about, oh, what if I drop this? And then you do drop it. And what if I'm not pleasing them? Or what if they're going to go away and be bored? So in other words, I'm talking about myself. So the more I spoke, I was nervous at first, but you just go ahead and do it. You fake it till you make it. And the more I spoke, then the more confident. And so I don't really get too nervous anymore, but I always want to be totally surrendered to the Lord. So Speaking is my main jam. And then I started a website so that people could find me. That was in 2008. And then someone said that I should blog. I didn't know what that was. And so I started (laughs) blogging like once a month. And they go, no, Sue, this is something you do regularly. Mm. And then I did it every day. And then I realized that's not good either because people don't want to hear from somebody every day, not even your best friend. And so I pulled it back and then started doing more retreat speaking. So I have eight series now. And oh, I decided to write a book. Oh, I know. Did you want me to talk about that? You want to just ask Yeah, me? talk about your book so, too. Okay. My first retreat series, I told a girlfriend about it and she goes, Sue, this could be a book. Now she would know because she is Max Lucado's editor. She's flown out to San Antonio wow. every year and she puts his latest writing into a book. Wow. I'm a so huge fan of his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. And her name is Liz Haney. And so she was in my, she was my maid of honor. So we've known each other since college. And so she knows her stuff, right? And she said, this could be a book. But at the time, Tam, I had little children. And I said, I'm sorry, my children are my books. I just laughed at her. I don't have time to write a book. My children are my books, which sounds very spiritual. But at the time, I just didn't even think about, it was hard enough just to write a retreat series, right? It was four talks. I got paid real money. And you want to do a good job and all that. Well, Eventually, I started whatever you call it when you start going to agents or you start going to publishing houses and saying, hey, would you be interested in this? Mm -hmm. And they just were not for all sorts of reasons. One, they just contracted a book on hospitality or the time they didn't talk about platform, but they probably thought, well, you're an unknown. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't Charles Wendell. I wasn't Max Lucado. So I wasn't going to get a book. And I can understand it because it's a business. But I got very discouraged. At one point, I remember crying when this one gal from, I won't say what the publisher is, she was like very interested. And then she wrote me a handwritten note and rejected it. And um, I remember my daughter going, why is mom crying? Because you put your heart and soul into this and you think, oh, someone else is going to be as excited about this as you are. And I just gave up. And I actually have a rejection letter framed Hmm. because I I should start holding on to these. 
But I got discouraged enough to where I stopped. And then a friend said, well, you could make it into an ebook. I said, well, what's that? And so he showed me the technology and I did that. And then finally, this same friend, Liz Haney, she said, Sue, our granddaughter just put a book together as a Christmas gift for her parents because I was speaking more. And, you know, people like to take something home. And my mentor also said, had had heard a speaker uh, nearby. And she said, Sue, this gal had a $5 book that everybody could buy at the end of her speaking thing. And I said, well, I could do a $5 book. I could print it myself. But what I ended up doing was going with Create Space, which is now Kindle Direct Publishing. But I hired out a designer because I didn't want my book to look self-published. I don't know if you've seen a lot of self-published oh, books. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, was a, I was an English teacher. And so I... I'm picky about some things. And also I have a little bit of an eye for design. I can't do it myself, but I, I can kind of tell when a book is self-published mm-hmm. just because of the spacing on top of the margin, things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there was a gal in my Bible study who was a graphic designer. And I said, Christiane, I said, I have $500. If I gave you $500, would you put my book into Create Space? And she'd never done that before, but because she was a designer, uh, I probably owed her a thousand at the end, but she agreed to do it for 500. <laughs> for sure. I can tell you now, for sure you did. <laughs> and I, you know, she was a mom of a young child and she just wanted a little extra work. So we were kind of doing each other a favor, but still, she's still a dear friend and has done a second book for me too, but she knows better now. <laughs> but, uh, it was so exciting, Tam, when those books arrived, I ordered, I said, how many should I order? And my brother, who was also self-published, said, order as many as you can fit in your garage. Otherwise, <laughs> in other words, he was very frank and said, you may not sell them. That was his thought. And so I ordered only 25 and I got them the day before I was speaking at a quite a large retreat in Northern California, but I wasn't speaking on the topic, you know, but as you know, when you go to a conference, you fall in love with the person and what they're saying. You fall in love with the Lord, hopefully, most of all. And so that's what they mean by buying your brand. And you probably know about that, Tam, that they they love you. So they're going to just sign up for anything. So by the third, uh, the first night, I didn't sell any books. Second morning, no, first morning, I didn't. But I remember standing around right before I spoke the third time. And people started bringing me the books and they said, would you sign them? I go, oh, I'm actually selling these books. And then by the next day, I had spoken four times. I sold 20 out of 25 and there were 80 women. So it was a large retreat for me. And that was very encouraging. So I really just buy when I speak, I buy in larger amounts or I have them sent to the event. Like when I've been speaking out of state, I have them sent to the event. So that's the story of my first book. Wow. This is amazing because I'm listening to you share and you've already shared so many nuggets, but you've also given our audience a great picture of how many different things you can do. So yes, you are an author, but you're also a blogger. You're also a retreat speaker. I know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because I got a chance to check it out. You also host a podcast. So there are so many different ways that you can take the message that God has given you and spread that message and help to further the mission of your ministry. So that's one thing that I heard. And then 
you had some great people around you, which I think is another important point mm-hmm. for our audience, people that were able to uh, give you wise counsel, as the Bible talks about. They didn't allow you to stay in a place of defeat. They challenged you to keep going. And what can you do versus what's not working? What can you do with what you have? And I think about now, you know, all the people that have been blessed by your obedience to that call is tremendous. I mean, just think about it for a second, Sue. I mean, if you if you hadn't had the right people around you and you weren't obedient, think about all the people that would not have had the opportunity to hear the message that God planted in your heart. So I hope that those that are listening right now are inspired by, even when things don't look like they're working for your good, they often are. Now, tell us a little bit, because I heard you talk quite a bit about Bible study and retreat. So I know that there are going to be some people that are listening, that that is either something that they want to do themselves, that's something that they envision for themselves, or they may be interested in having a speaker come to their event. So tell us specifically, who do you feel like God has called you to reach with the work that you do? Who is that person? Well, I think it's the person, the woman who's known God for a while, perhaps, and needs a kick in the pants in their spiritual journey. And because I tell stories, Tam, I'm a storyteller by nature, it seems to reach all ages. And I know your target audience is supposed to be like age 28 to 37 and 2.33 babies. But um, I was asked to speak at a women's retreat a couple of years ago, and they had one and a half tables. It was like almost a hundred women, but one and a half tables, I could tell were all these younger women and they were probably like dragged there by their mothers. And a lot of them were on the worship team, but the fact that they laughed through all the right parts, you know, and I feel like the word of God, you know, is transitional for all ages, wherever you're at. And so I speak on giving a woman assurance of how much God loves them because he has to start with your identity. And then a calling. Everybody doesn't have to go to seminary or Bible school or teach a Bible study or even write a book to follow God. You just follow God every day. And I love this quote I heard about this college student named Margaret. And she would get out of bed every day and put her feet down on the floor and say, good morning, God, this is Margaret reporting for duty. And that's kind of how I feel. The last, actually just two days ago, before I got out of bed, the Lord gave me this prayer, Lord, I'm going to have a spectacular day with you. And so mm-hmm. to know that, and it wasn't any particularly a spectacular, like I wasn't expecting company or I wasn't expecting right. a great happen. I didn't win the lottery. No one asked me to write another book, but right. my goal is to know God better because he said, I'm memorizing John 15. It takes me forever. I started last summer and I can only go as far as 17 verses. It seems to be like where my brain stops, but I've gotten so much out of it because I have to review it so often. And he said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. So I thought, wow, am I a servant of God or am am I his friend? He goes, instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I've shared with you. And I thought, okay, do I really feel that Jesus is my friend? I would die for him. Yes. But do I really feel like he's my friend? And so the more we put scripture in our minds, and so I have themes for my retreats, you'll, you can see them on the website. It's no big deal. But one church said, 
well, we're making a cookbook. Uh, everybody who's coming to the retreat is giving recipes and we don't care what you talk about, but the theme is recipes for life. And I thought, oh boy, that'll be fun. And I told their cookbooks at their retreat, it was, or maybe it was their favorite or something. It was so sweet. So, you know, that Christ is our appetizer and that the bread of life and then the main dish is Jesus. And then the last talk wow. was dessert, which was serving so that I spoke, I gave my hospitality workshop for the last day. So, I mean, it's a blast. The reason I prefer retreats is because you get to know the women a little better after four talks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been flown to Florida for one talk and I thought, you know, you're kind of spending a lot of money on me to get me one out talk. here because yeah. it's all the way from California, but it was for a Christmas brunch. So that was fine. But you know, if you're going to have me across the United States, at least have me speak twice. That's the way I look at it. You yeah. know, to make good use of your money. To make it worth their, make their it while. Worth but you know, why also. That's inspiring though. I mean, you're not only getting to do what you love to do, but you're getting to do it in different spaces. You're getting to travel. And that's going to be good. inspiring for some people in our audience that, yes, you can get paid to speak and people are covering your expenses for you to travel. I just feel like there's somebody out there that that's a goal for them. Can you tell us a little bit about how God directed you on on that path and how that door opened for you? Because I'm sure that a lot of people would like for that to be their story as well. Well, that is kind of a struggle. It's a struggle for a Christian because you think like, oh, I should be doing this for the Lord. I mean, I even have a family member who said, well, Sue, I would never charge that. And I said, that's just what I do, you know, and he would just do it for free. And I think there's a space for that, but not very often for me. I'll do things for free for my own church because I feel they're my family. And even a mops at my church, I'll do it free the first time, but charge the next time, that kind of thing. So when I started out, I was just thrilled to get payment at all. I do remember driving about 40 minutes, speaking for an hour. I did a lot of prep and they gave me a candle and a journal. And they didn't, and I thought, gosh, I could have used $25 for gas. That was my thought. <laughs> <You're> back, right? <laughs> no, and I thought, well, this is the last time I'm going to do that. And it probably was. And then just two years ago, maybe a mom's group reached out to me and she got real excited about the topic she wanted me to speak on. And she called me and we chatted. And then I thought, you know, she hasn't said anything about paying me. And mm-hmm. so I said, oh, by the way, I have a speaker fee. And I said, mom's groups don't have huge budgets. Some of the larger ones, you know, I'll charge 200 and they're fine. But I said, I normally charge $350, but because it's a mom's group, I'll charge 200. They said, oh no, we can't do that. She wrote right back and it Mm -hmm. did not hurt my feelings. I thought it's a three hour drive Mm -hmm. and I would have to get up at the crack of dawn because I don't really like to spend the night because they didn't, obviously would not cover motel. You're not going to cover your hotel either. Right? <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't sleep that well in another bed, even if it's a Hotel Del Coronado. You know, you just have to have a few nights. So I was glad she told me right away. And what I did was I turned it right around. I said, I know of two women who are great, but they are just starting out and they would not charge that much. You could probably get them for $50. And one was in Southern California and one was in my town. Both my friends were delighted because uh, this is a little chat for your people who want to speak. That's awesome. You yeah. speak whenever you get asked when you're starting out because that gives you practice. Mm. 
So really the payment for these two speakers was the fact that they did a great job. This mops group, oh, I shouldn't have said mops, but it was a mops group. They loved both <laughs> my friends yeah. and would have them back. But I did find out that they were, pretty, they were a pretty large mops group, so they could have paid me. But I never mm-hmm. went back because I thought, you know, that's their mindset and that's okay. Yeah. And it's too exhausting for me. And so if I never get another speaking engagement because people won't pay me, I feel that that's God leading me not to speak anymore, you know, and I'm not trying to be stubborn about it. If God says, don't charge, I won't charge. But Mm -hmm. our goal is to be so close to him that we know when he's talking to us and not the world. That's good. Wow. That's an amazing story. I love that. So Uh, For someone who's just getting started, you know, you got to get your practice, you got to get your reps in so that you can feel, you know, confident that you can deliver uh, at those price points when you do start charging, but also be able to recognize that you have grown and that you are adding value and that it's okay to be compensated. I mean, even that's in scripture, right? You know, that uh, service should be worthy of its hire. So everything doesn't have to be free. So that's the business part of this that I think people often miss. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we talked about this. Let's I have another, I have, can I, can I yeah, have another story on this? Cause Absolutely. this one really was, um, a friend from college, uh, married to a pastor up in state of Washington. She had her church reach out to me because she mm. knew me. Right. But when I told them at the time, my retreats were $700 plus the flight to Seattle. And they said, oh, I guess you're not for us. You know, they couldn't afford it because they're a small church. But at the time, I had just found out that her husband, the pastor, had a stroke. And I thought, I need to go to that church because they are hurting. So what I said was, guess what? I want to come. I feel the Lord wants me to come. And I'll come for whatever. I think they could pay $250 plus the flight. They were going to get somebody who had air miles. So you try to be creative when people don't have the money, but you really feel you need to go. And so I think they're going to pay me, uh, whatever, something like that. It was about four years ago. And I said, you know what? Let's just pray because I'm flying so far away. I'm in central California that I'll get a retreat on either side of your weekend. And I have a brother up there and I'll spend the week with my brother. And it was kind of a far out request. Hmm. And within a month, a retreat center Warm Beach Conference Center reached out to me because I had sent them a flyer like a year earlier. And they said, would you be available sometime in the next five years starting this May? And I said, is it this weekend? And it was the weekend following my friend's retreat. And they paid me $1,200. So it more than compensated. I said, well, if you would let me come this year, you won't have to pay my flight. See, my flight was being carried. You just Mm -hmm. have to pay my, my rental car up to my brother. So then that was a miracle. It was a little bit long to be away from home, two weekends plus the week in between, you know, because you have a household to take care of and a dog and a husband. But what a blessing it was to see the Lord answer that prayer for me to bless the smaller church, for me to meet these great women at a conference center and have my expenses covered. That and they, they had a bookstore at the conference center and they just kept all my books and sold them and sent me the money. So that was really helpful. But these are stages. I mean, that was like four years ago and I've been doing this for years. I remember one church said, well, $500 is a lot. And I thought, well, the last time I did it was 400 and it's been several years. (laughs) You know, I asked some other speakers who have been speaking longer than me and I asked them how much they charge. So then I thought, okay, you just have to see what are you 
feel like you're worth. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, let me give you one more tip. I learned this from Mary R. Schneider. If you want to be a speaker, you mm-hmm. can go to her Facebook group. It's called Take the Stage. And her advice is this. When someone asks you to speak and they ask you what you charge, circle back and just say, what is your average speaker budget? And I did that recently because this group from Oregon and I thought, well, what if they're a really small church and I tell them and then I have to say no, you know? So I said, well, what is your average speaker fee? And they said, well, we could pay a thousand. And I said, okay, my fee is 1200. So I feel like I really want to bless you with returning 200 towards your ministry. So I'm really actually gifting their ministry $200. I'm still getting paid a thousand. Yeah. Wow. That is a great tip. Yes. For Mary. Average speaker budget. Yes. Make sure that we give Mary the credit. So many, so many things. I love this, this storytelling (laughs) that I'm hearing from you, but we're learning a lot from your story. So you listen to that voice inside of you that said, I need to be a part of this. Your obedience to God Mm -hmm. going to that church, no doubt is what opened the door. And then just, you know, one of the things that we believe is expecting the impossible that that was a pretty far out request to say, Hey, I want to get another engagement while I'm out there. But if you're not willing to put it out there and believe God for it, you know, you, you just never know what could possibly happen. You know, I want the listening audience to also grab a hold of it. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do. That always is job number one. Um, but also exercise your faith. We may have limited resources and churches and ministries and companies might have limited resources, but God does not. And that is ultimately who we are serving. So when we're obedient to him, we can trust that he will come through. I just love this. So so let's talk a little bit. Let's get some stories going about blogging because that's how we had an opportunity to get acquainted was you were a guest blogger on our site. Tell us about how blogging kind of fits into the grand scheme of all the things that you do. You talked about how early on you didn't write a whole lot. Then you started writing every day. Talk to us about what it looks like for you now and how you see it playing a role in the mission that God has given you. Well, it keeps you connected with your audience and they're short. I believe in short blogs. I don't read long blogs myself, so I try not to write them. I've been blogging for so long that I can now go back to my early blogs and say, oh, those were terrible and then rewrite them. <laughs> so one thing we about grow. blogging, yeah, if, if your audience right now are people who want to be published, the best way to be a better writer is to practice, just like practicing hospitality. And my husband's a doctor, so he's better now because he's been practicing for so long. But it's kind of scary if he doesn't do a good job, you know, but we won't talk about that. But um, with writing, my writing is so much better now. And I sh- I'm embarrassed that some of that stuff is still out there. But of course, no one goes back that far to read them. But what I can do is I go back. Oh, that was a good idea. Now, let me expand it now. And I rewrite it for a blog now. So I am cutting back on blogging now because I also podcast. So my podcast goes into my subscribers inbox on Mondays, and then a blog would go in on Thursday. And then if I do a newsletter, just that's a little more personal on Saturday. And I thought that is way too much in people's emails. You know, everybody's getting lamb blasted with everything. I'm sure that's a word, but anyway, they're getting too much. So I have decided just recently to blog uh, twice a month, newsletter on the alternate Saturdays, 
And then the podcast goes out every week. So that has to stay the same. So it's easy for me to blog because they come out of my time with the Lord or with people. And so if God's teaching me something like John 15, that I like, I want to start a series on what it means to remain in Christ. But then if I have a really good connection with a neighbor or with the Zoom Bible study I'm in, then I want to talk about that. So I don't really need to repurpose my old stuff, but the best thing to do is to get, I've always had someone help me with the design of my website. And just when I think I'm going to give up, because I go through those feelings about every year, I think I'm going to give up. You know, somebody else does it better. I don't think I'm needed. There's so many voices out there or my designer is pregnant and can't help me anymore. You know, I always have someone helping me. And if she can no longer help me, then I think, okay, this is the Lord telling me, because I think the Lord works that way. It's time to quit, Sue, you know, and I have to listen. But just when I'm about ready to quit, then someone shows up and says, yeah, I'll work for 20 bucks an hour and she'll help me with my tech stuff or whatever. And so I think it's good if you can have a friend help you or that you don't have to pay, but just make it so it looks polished. I think God wants us to look, be excellent because we Mm -hmm. have an excellent message, Tam. We have a great message. It's the life and times of our lives with Christ and how he's perfect. And we're not going to be perfect. I know that's true. But right before my first book went to press, my editor friends called me and she said, Sue, please take it to a copy editor first. And she gave me a name of a friend. And my friend said, I will not charge you because she also sang in my wedding. I have these friends. And, um, but I gave her, I found out where there was a good spa in her town in Arkansas. And I sent her a gift certificate to the spa because, you know, they're worthy of their hire too, you know, and the fact that she was able to put all the Bible references at the beginning and space it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, so as far as blogging, I would just start doing it because you can turn your blogs into your book. Absolutely. Oh, and I'm so glad that you said that because my book actually was the product of that. So, you know, a lot of times people ask me, well, how did you do it so fast? So it was done in 45 days, but it really was because I didn't write it in 45 days. I pulled from things that I had written prior. So from blogging on my Facebook page. Um, notes that I had put in my phone, stuff that was in my journal. And so that's a huge nugget for people too, is sometimes we're waiting for this big moment of inspiration where I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get this big download of everything. And sometimes that happens. God definitely does work that way. But sometimes it's a little bit here and it's a little bit there and it's practicing and getting better and refining. And all of those things can contribute to that first book or down the road. I mean, there's been many times, I'm sure that you've experienced this too. So well, God will bring back to my memory something that I did years ago and it may or may not have gone over well at the time, <laughs> but it comes back and mm-hmm. I'm a different person uh, now. So it's able to be repurposed and used and, and now it like has an impact. Whereas before I maybe didn't quite know how to use it. So I just have this belief that nothing is wasted, that God is very intentional in all that he does and all that he directs us to. And so I'm excited that we got a chance to talk about your journey and for me to hear a lot about your cool stories. And I just think the audience is going to be blessed by it. You know, I want to circle back to something that you said, because I think it really relates to the audience that's listening today. And it's an opportunity for you Um, to speak life into them. You talked about how you have moments, even after doing 
some form of creativity for what, over 20 something years, right? Even after all that time, you still have moments of doubt. And is this it for me? Is God telling me uh, to move on? There's other people that are, are better. And I think that that kind of mental chatter is often what stops those that are listening from taking that step and putting pen to paper, whether it's a blog post or a social media post or a book, some of that dialogue is what stops them. Mm -hmm. What would you give them as advice to help encourage them and nudge them to answer the call that they're getting? Well, my girlfriend calls it well, she's a coach and she says, oh, that's your bad girlfriend in your head, Sue, that's telling you that. And so if you can sort of go, hmm, is God into negativity? Well, obviously not. Is he redirecting me? Possibly. So you want to listen. Is he redirecting? Because I got into podcasting a year and a half ago, having no idea that all my speaking engagements would be canceled because of COVID. And so I still get to speak, but it's in a safe environment. I don't even have to wear a mask. But what I would say to someone who feels that way is to have a girlfriend in real life, someone like you, Tam, who could encourage you, because I have another friend who's a podcaster and an author, and we got together for coffee uh, last week for about an hour and a half. And we just encourage each other because I'll say, well, I am old, but I'm not that old. And she goes, Sue, that's the first time I've heard you say that. I'm always saying, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> and she goes, but I'm not that old. I can keep doing this. And then I encouraged her. She was going to go speak somewhere. And I go, what do you have to sell when you speak? Well, I don't have anything. I go, well, it's time for you to create a bookmark with five steps to thrive. And you could just sell it for a dollar or whatever, because I was taught that years ago. And it's, that's what's helped me all these years. I mean, I've sold jewelry. I've sold, I have people make it. I don't do it myself. Invited to invite on hospitality. It's so fun. But you know, those things go up and down, but you just keep trying new things. And then if this podcasting thing hadn't worked, I would have stopped. But like Mm -hmm. I am scheduled out till December and I have about six people who want to be interviewed and it's always fun to hear people's life story with the Lord. And I don't know how many lives I'm touching, but at the end of John 15, well, as far as I'm going to get anyway, verse 17, he says, <laughs> you, will, you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. That's what we want. We want fruit that will last. We don't want just a passing in the night. And so to be encouraged, build into people and build into God's word, because both those things last. And so that's all you have to do. It doesn't even have to be making money. It could be just just spending time with your grandchild that day. Or boy, it's been, you know what? I pulled back on blogging. You asked me that earlier. I pulled back on blogging because my desire is for my neighborhood to come to know Jesus. And these young women, they want to walk with me and they want to do all these things with me. And I'm thinking, I don't have time. I have to go right. No, God is saying these people are right here in front of your face. So I stopped blogging so much, stop doing so much social media, because these girls live one next door, one next door to her, one across the street, are now in a Bible study with me at 6 a.m. in the morning, because that's when they can do it. And it makes me cry, but that's exciting. And then one of them, I just gave her my, she goes, oh, I saw your mentoring book online. I think I want it. I thought, well, she's barely a Christian. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure where she's at. I said, how about this? So I had her over for coffee. And I gave her my first book, Come to My Table, God's Hospitality, and yours. Um, She's such a sweetie. And I told my pastor later, I go, I think this is the reason I wrote the book for this one new friend, you know, and I wrote the book several years ago. 
but she's, she's being mentored by this book. And so, and I, I want to give one more encouraging word to your audience. My brother, Steve, a former pastor, he said, Sue, it's good that you keep writing because the written word lasts. Whereas when you speak, cause he was a pastor, he knows people forget just like what you said earlier. Yeah. I forget what my pastor says within 15 minutes, unless I talk to somebody about it. And so the fact that your audience is really attempting to give their message that God's given them onto paper, just keep doing it. And maybe there'll be a neighbor five years down the road that will read your book mm-hmm. and her whole life will be changed as a result. So, Wow. So, well, we've got to tell people how they can get connected to you um, and hear more of these amazing stories and be inspired. Mm-hmm. So tell us your website, your social media, where can we get connected? Oh, thank you so much. My website is welcomeheart.com to know and follow God. And then I have two Instagrams. One is Sue Moore Donaldson. The other one is Welcome Heart. You can find me if you're interested in hospitality or growing in hospitality. I have a fun, free Facebook group called Welcome Heart, Welcome Home. We just did a challenge. It was a hilarious 70 women joined. And we just did uh, how to do hospitality without actually inviting anybody into your house. And let's see. Oh, my podcast it comes out every Sunday. It's called Living a Legacy Life or Make It Count Legacy. And you know what, Tam? I just got an app. So whether you have an iPhone or Android, um, you can just look up Make It Count Legacy and upload it as its own app. And then you can follow all the every other week I interview somebody and we just talk about the same thing I just said. When you leave a legacy, it's because you're investing in what lasts, which is God his word and people. So thank you so much for being here. This has been a really fun interview. This has been great getting to know you and to hear about your journey. And I just know that the audience has been blessed. Thank you so much for entering the contest and for being here today. I appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Publishing Secrets where our mission is to encourage and inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. In order to stay up to date on our episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you will be notified. And if this episode has been a blessing to you, do me a favor, rate and review. Until next time, God bless.